the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Happy Pentecost. In today's reading from the letter of Paul, we find out that the important ministry of the Holy Spirit is in fact making us children of God, and then helping us know in our hearts that we actually are children of God what our new identity is. It is most important that we know deep within our hearts that we are in fact children of God. If you will take your leaflet today to page two and just turn to this very short passage, uh, the book of Romans, especially chapter eight, is a book very much about the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is mentioned in the 8th chapter of Romans 30 or 40 times, and only 3 or 4 times in the rest of the book. So obviously, Paul is trying to tell us something. But uh, Paul, in his letters, remind us that God sends forth his Son at the right time to redeem us from sin. And God also sends forth his Spirit to make us children of God And then to open our minds and our hearts to connect with our human spirit to reveal to us that, in fact, we have a new identity as a child of the living God. And so Paul says, all who are led by the Spirit of God are children of God because we did not receive a a, a spirit of slavery to fall back into fear or disobedience, but a spirit of adoption. And so it is the Holy Spirit who regenerates us, who helps us to be born anew or born again. Jesus said, unless you've been born by water and the Spirit, you can't even experience or see the kingdom of God. And so it is the ministry of the Holy Spirit. God sent his Spirit to us that we would be renewed, reborn, regenerated to become a child of God. Also, Paul uses another metaphor, but a real metaphor, that God adopts us into his family. We are human creatures, and in fact, human creatures that are bogged down in sin and death. We are not God. We are not divine. But we've been adopted as children of God, filled with the life of God, of the Holy Spirit, in order that we could be sanctified, in order that we would share in the divinity and the glory of God in the life of the age to come. That's exactly what Paul says. He says, we haven't received the spirit of fear, but a spirit of adoption, and by the Holy Spirit, we can say, Abba, Father. That is, our Father, who art in heaven. And know that God is our heavenly Father. And it is the Holy Spirit that bears witness with our own human spirit that we are children of God. And since we are children of God, we're going to inherit everything that Christ has won for us, and that's basically this whole universe, restored and renewed in a new creation, and we will inherit and enjoy that and even be glorified with him. But Paul reminds us we may have to suffer in this life. 
he says, in fact, we suffer with him, with Christ, in order that we may also be glorified with him. It will be worth it. And so God sends forth his son and God sends forth his spirit to forgive us, to heal us, to restore us, to help us be born again, to become a child of the living God. And then the Holy Spirit is the spirit of knowledge and truth that opens up in our minds and our hearts to share with us that we are children of God. So the question of Pentecost is this, and it's the most important question, I think, that we can ever answer for ourselves, and only you can answer this question. Do you know that you are a child of God? This day, do you know that you are a child of God, that God is your heavenly Father, that God loves you and always wills your good, that God calls you to himself constantly, seeking to be with you, to live with you, to help you? Do you know today that you are a beloved child of God? If you don't, we need to pray that the Holy Spirit will enlighten you to that fact. Today, Colby and Reed are becoming children of God. They are already children of their human parents. But today, by the action of God in the Holy Spirit, they will be born anew, born from above, regenerated by the gift of the Spirit today, and become children of God. We are children of God because God makes us his children through the Holy Spirit and God adopts us through the Holy Spirit. And so it is the Holy Spirit who opens us to be able to say Jesus is Lord and also our Father. J.B. Phillips is someone who has written a fantastic translation of the New Testament, uh, modern translation, And he says that every time that we say, I believe in the Holy Spirit, we mean that we believe that there is a living God able and willing to enter human personality and change it. And so the coming of the Holy Spirit is the coming of transformation and the coming of possibility for us. That's why it's so important. Do you know that the disciples and the apostles hid after Jesus was crucified? You all probably know that. They were, they were hiding out. They didn't want to get crucified themselves. They were trying to save their own skin. Probably like all of us would have done the exact same thing, right? But when the Holy Spirit came, 50 days after, the Holy Spirit descended and fell upon the disciples and, fi- and filled them with the very life of God, with the energy of God, with the courage of God, and they spread out all over the Roman and Mediterranean world, and they began to preach the gospel. They began to preach that Jesus is risen from the dead, alive, that he is the Lord, that God is working through him, and in him is the forgiveness of sins. They spread this message all over the Roman and Mediterranean world, and guess what? It cost them their lives. But they went from cowering men to apostles and prophets 
and preachers because the Holy Spirit had transformed them on the inside. Did you know that Peter was martyred and crucified upside down? Did you know that Andrew would be crucified in a X-shaped cross? Matthew would be dragged behind an ox cart through the streets of Carthage, and James would be run through with a sword. We do not know how the Apostle Paul was killed, but he was martyred in Rome. What transformed them from cowardly people to courageous people? It was the gift of the Holy Spirit. And that Spirit is still available to you and to me today. Well, we could go on and on about the Holy Spirit. I ran over at 8 o'clock, but they forgave me. Uh, But the Holy Spirit not only regenerates us and indwells us and gives us the life and energy of God, the Holy Spirit will teach and guide and lead us. If we want the Holy Spirit to open up our minds and our hearts and give us a knowledge that doesn't come from just our rational mind, we have the possibility of wisdom from God coming into our hearts and minds. The Holy Spirit sanctifies us. The body of Christ, each one of us baptized into Christ as a part of the body of Christ, and the body of Christ is the temple of God's Holy Spirit. And we all participate in that spirit because we are members of Christ and members of one another in the life of the spirit. That's why the church is called holy because the Holy Spirit inhabits the church. That's even why it can be said that you are holy and that you are saints because not because of yourself, but because the Holy Spirit, the divine spirit of a holy God resides in you by virtue of your baptism. But God is even working in and through you to become holy yourself so that your nature would be transformed into a new holy humanity, always listening, obeying, and doing God's will, and filled with God's life, and therefore bearing the fruit of the Spirit, which is love and joy and peace, patience, kindness, goodness, self-control. There's a whole list that Paul has in the New Testament of these things. And so, We are slowly, if we cooperate with God, being sanctified and made holy in reality and not just by virtue of being a part of the Holy Church. And of course, the greatest gift that the Holy Spirit gives us is love itself. Faith, hope, and love, these three remain, but the greatest of these is love. You've probably heard that at a wedding, haven't you? There's a great story about a seminary uh, young person. He went to seminary, and this guy inherited uh, an old jalopy car. And it was in the olden days before cars were computers. Uh, And it was one of those cars that you sort of had to push to get it started. You know, you could pop the clutch. You have to be my age to know what I'm talking about. But uh, you are older. Uh, And uh, so anyway, he often had his seminary friends push this old car so he could get it started. 
Sometimes he would have to park the car in an incline so he could get in the car and, you know, take the brake off and start to roll down and all that. And it just became a way of life for him. And he decided to stay at seminary and became a, a doctorate. He got a doctorate of theology. And new seminarians came and they knew that Dr. Jackson had this jalopy. And, you know, he was kind of considered holy because he had such a crummy car and all of that. And so, uh, anyway, one day a new a seminarian came and popped the hood and said, you know, I think it might just be a loose connection. And he just tidied up a little connection and he said, go ahead and try the key. And he tried the key and the car started. Dr. Jackson had become so accustomed to living with the jalopy and doing all the crazy dumb things that he was doing, all he was missing was a connection to the source of power. And I will say to you today, my problem, your problem, and the church's problem is that we don't have a good connection to the source of power because the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God who created this world, God who raised Jesus up from the dead, God that can empower and give us wisdom and help us in ways we can't even imagine because we're just not used to it, we're pushing around the jalopy, that Spirit is available for me and for you right here, right now. All we have to do is make the connection. That means we're going to have to change what we're accustomed to doing. We're not going to push that jalopy around. We're not going to ask for friends to help us push it. We're not going to have the incline. We're going to do something different. And what it's going to cost us in order to change, to allow the Spirit to transform us, to receive the power and the wisdom of Almighty God, is, is that we will have to do things different. The first thing is we'll have to open our mind and our heart and our lives to the Holy Spirit. So every day we should pray, Come, Holy Spirit, come. Abide in me, cleanse me from every impurity, and grant me the life of God. Or some such prayer, opening ourselves to the Holy Spirit of God. We should also begin a prayer life if we don't have one right now. We should also review our lives and figure out, are there resentments that are quenching the Spirit of God that I've been hanging on to for so long that I need to get rid of like an old rag? Are there people I need to forgive that I just need to get on with it and forgive them? Are there things in my life that I know are wrong but I can't let go of them because I'm addicted to them somehow? Are there people that are in my life that shouldn't be in my life? You see, the reason we don't have the power of God is because we're clinging on to other things. And just to finish this sermon on the Holy Spirit, in the catacombs of Rome, there is a famous, famous picture. It is of a woman who is praying. She is depicted as praying in the Spirit. Her hands are raised up at what is called the Oran's position. It is the same position that we raise our hands up as we invoke 
and call down the Holy Spirit on the bread and the wine of the Holy Eucharist. And this is interpreted as the epiclesis, the calling down, the waiting on the Holy Spirit. And so this Pentecost, we can think about what positions are our hands? Are they grasping possessions or other things? And therefore, they're not open to receive the power and the presence of God. Are our fists clenched because we won't let go? Because of fear or because of disobedience? We don't want to do God's will. We want to do our will. Are our hands just loose and limp and doing nothing? Well, our hands can be in this position. We can ask the Spirit of God to come into our minds, our hearts, our wills, our emotions. We can give our life, our will, our relationships, our work, our resources over to God. Give them to God and allow God to begin to work through us. And if each one of us did this at the same time and we continue to do it, For the next year, there's no telling what would happen in this parish and what would happen in your own life and what would happen collectively with us. Because all things are possible in Christ and in the Holy Spirit. So let us on this day of Pentecost challenge ourselves to begin to invoke the power and the presence and the life of God in the Holy Spirit every day in our prayers. And let's see what happens. But watch out. There's great power and great love in the Holy Spirit. Amen. 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 Amen.